Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. True stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I'm bringing special guests from the Sleep with a Light on podcast, podcast all about horror. Please welcome Logan Bo. Logan, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me, Ethan. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? How are you? Uh, how are you holding up with this whole uh, stay-at-home situation? Um, well, I'm in a state that's not in lockdown. I'm from Iowa, so oh, okay, okay. We're, we're it's kind of just hope for the best here in Iowa, according to the government. So right, right, yeah. Got a lot of friends in up in Iowa. Oh, okay. uh, shout out to Rachel, shout out to Rachel Bartholomew, fellow Iowan podcaster. Oh, I know her. I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might. She's got a pretty interesting podcast uh, with uh, her co-host Katrina. It's called Perspective Z. It's all about Generation Z's perspective on things. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out. Anyway, so listeners, Logan and I today are going to be talking about fear. There's a lot of that going around right now, and um, so I. I think Logan can kind of help us unpack like what makes us afraid. So Logan, your your podcast is all about horror. So what makes those movies work, and why does it make us afraid? Well, what makes a lot of them work is interesting enough, based on like the time period, different horror genres are popular. So if you go back all the way like to Japan in the 1950s when Godzilla was first popular, um, it had to do with a lot of like nuclear fallout, nuclear radiation because they were bombed, obviously, years prior. And then if you go fast forward a little bit forward to like the 60s, uh, 60s and 70s, zombie movies were popular then with Night of the Living Dead were popping up. At the time, uh, the counterculture was obviously hippie. So everyone wanted to make sure they weren't like a mindless drone doing what the government wanted them to do. So that's why like zombie movies became popular. And then uh, throughout the times, you can see that trend a little more like uh, 80s, the slashers came up and the 90s, you know, a lot of uh, like Saw franchise in the late to uh, early late, sorry, late 90s, early 2000s. So uh, throughout the years, different horror genres have become popular based off uh, the, cult, the culture at the time. So, that being said, do you think movies are going to come out in the next 10 to 15 years in that vein are going to be centered around viral diseases? Oh, that's What's going on right now? Yeah, we saw that like a little bit with zombie movies in the early 2000s also. Uh, but we're going to see probably a huge increase in that probably within the next 5 to 10 years for sure. Uh, based off what currently is happening with the, the COVID-19. So so you would say that culture has a big impact on what makes us afraid? I, yeah, yeah, I would. I would I would agree with that statement for sure. Like, where, where did this begin? Like, why, why do you think people want to see these movies and what makes them so interesting to people? I think escapism. Um, so if you listen to my show, Sleep with the Light On, I'm actually not the horror expert on the show. Um, right. The, the, my two co-hosts are the horror experts, and they show me horror movies because I grew up too afraid to see horror movies. Me too. 
Oh, all right. Awesome. We're in the same boat. Um, so now that I'm 30 years old, seeing these horror movies for the first time, noticing they're not quite as scary. But uh, going back to your question, culturally, um, for sure, I, I do think it has an impact. Um, I think escapism involves a lot of it, too. Uh, so going back to the Japan uh, and Godzilla, uh, they it's just a way to kind of... A way to talk about the situation without having to talk about the situation there's a you know there's that fear so they can have something to relate to and then also kind of escape it knowing that like all right well it could be worse we don't we're bombed we're rebuilding but we don't have a giant lizard monster destroying the city so it's a way to, to like deal with the problem but also escape from the problem if that makes any sense yeah that make, that makes a lot of sense actually like one of the reasons i am able to deal with um more horror movies now than i used to is because when i was younger the line between what's real and what's not was a lot more blurry okay so do you think the closer to reality um a movie of that genre is the more likely people are to be afraid of it uh, well, I again, yeah, I, I would I would agree and disagree. I guess I guess I'm kind of guess I'm kind of going against what I said earlier. But again, fear is subjective. Um, right. My, my co-host is terrified of snakes. I have no problem with snakes. I I have had pet snakes. Um, but at the same time, going back to the idea of there being movies in the future about the virus, it's going to make it more real. But at the same time, I guess we've Hopefully, at that time, we move past it, but it's mm-hmm. relatable. I guess right. the really being how relatable a movie is also has to deal with it, I guess, as well. Right. So, Logan, if, if you don't mind, um, is, there, is there something in particular that has made, that's been a constant source of fear for you? Um, so I, I've moved past it in my personal life, but I grew up in a very, it's basically a cult. I grew up in a very devout fundamentalist Christian cult. Okay. And I go into that a little bit on my own podcast, but growing up the, what was real to me was demons and even possession and the devil and the devil is going to get you. And that's why I didn't watch horror movies as a kid because A, I wasn't allowed to. And B, they taught, if you watch The Exorcist, the demon Pazuzu is going to come through the TV and haunt your house and possess someone in your house. So that was a very real fear. Um, So I guess how you grew up influences what you're afraid of also. Um, I've since moved past that. Um, But it's still kind of like, I only left the cult about eight years ago. Um, So for the first few years, it was still in the back of my head like, oh man, I can't. I can't watch this scary movie because I could be possessed. You know, possession was a very real thing. But I've since, since I've been away from the cult, I've managed to kind of move past that myself. And I no longer believe that. But there are people who still believe that. And I have friends who have since left the cult also. But they, they kind of have that same problem, too. They deal with that every day as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I am Christian, too. But I never went that far. Yeah. Not uh, even close. Yeah, speaking nothing bad of, of Christianity, if you want, believe what you want to believe, but 
Yeah, they, the cult I grew up in took it to the extreme, that's for sure. Not even, you weren't even allowed to talk to people who weren't part of the cult, even. Wow. Yeah. And, Holy moly. And then I've been excommunicated because I left. I'm not allowed to talk to my family because of that. So I guess going back to fear, like that was a fear. The cult used fear to keep you in that cult. Because um, if you right. leave, you can't talk to your friends or family. Yeah. So like what has helped you kind of get over that fear? Like how, what helped you move past that? Um, it's a very good question. Uh, I guess reflecting back time uh, and then just learning about the world, uh, that cult, you were very sheltered in your information you could receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always said, you're no part of this world. So you had to go out to work and school, but no socializing with anyone who wasn't part of the cult. So I guess experiencing life outside of it helped me move past, uh, move past that fear and move past that, that helped me grow as a person, I guess really is just what it is, just life experience. I mean, do you, do you think all fears are insurmountable or do you think that there are exceptions to what people can and can't get over? I, people, people don't give themselves enough credit. Uh, any fear, I feel, is insurmountable, at least for a little bit. Um, like, just that fear to move on and grow. Uh, was I afraid when I first left that cult? Absolutely. I, I, I was leaving my friends and family, but I just, I couldn't, I didn't believe it was the true religion anymore. You know, I saw what they did to people and... I mean, I, I can go into that if you want. I don't. I'm not here to bash religion. I, you can be as real as you want to be. That's something that I want to encourage. Like, be as real as you're comfortable with. Okay. Um. So if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, that's also fine. All right. Uh. So, like I said, that cult traps you in with fear. Um. So in order to get over that fear to make it not so insurmountable. Because at a time, it did feel insurmountable, just going back to your question. Um, so it takes... I mean, you're not going to gain that courage from day one and have it. It might just take a little baby step, step here and there of, all right, well, I'm not allowed to watch radar movies. So maybe I'll just watch this quick radar movie. And then you just do little things to, like, give yourselves allowances. I guess that could go backwards to... Uh, anyway, um, I digress. So the, the cult was doing a lot of bad things, uh, a lot of pedophilia within the, the cult. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw how they tried to cover it up, and I didn't like that. And then they changed their prophecies. They're, they're a doomsday cult. They said the doomsday is coming right around the corner, but then they changed their description of a prophecy. And I was like, how do you change something that's in the Bible that's written down? How do you right. change your interpretation of that? So I guess you have to, I had to kind of draw a line in the sand and then just slowly leave. Um, but on a smaller scale, is fear, ins- is any fear insurmountable? No, I, I don't think it is. Because smaller scale, I'm afraid of spiders. But when I see a spider, I, I either A, grab my, my girlfriend to have her take the spider away from me, or I gather the courage on myself to squash it or try to shoo it away. Yeah, and I I agree with you. People don't give themselves enough credit. 
So, Logan, something about me, I grew up a very shy kid. I didn't have a lot of friends. Okay. And kind of to this day, I still don't. I just have a few, like, really close friends. But I'm a lot more willing to talk to people that I don't know than I used to. Because... This podcast. <laughs> your podcast in general. Right. <laughs> like, I would not be where I am if I was not willing to put myself out there and talk to people that I don't know. Yeah. So how did you get over that? Uh, kind of the same as you with uh, with getting over um, your fear of the, uh, the possession. It's time. And not only that, but also those allowances, like me pushing myself to talk to somebody that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, I thought, you know, because I don't know this person, they are, like, I don't know, I don't trust them, I don't know what to do, who are you? <laughs> these are the kind of thing. these are the kinds of things that we go through my head, but as I've gotten older, myself more, I've realized that most people aren't scary. It's just all in my head, or... Most of it's in my head, anyway. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I grew up very introverted, and I'm still considered an introvert. But at one point, like, I always had the fear of when I'm meeting a new person, maybe you've had that same fear of, I hate awkward silence. And I always feel like it's my fault that I'm like, oh, there's a lull in conversation. I said something dumb or, oh, I have to keep the conversation moving. Moving. It's my fault. It's it's at a lull. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of my thing, too. Like, I always think that it's my fault, and I've been told by multiple people, mostly my mom, to say I'm thinking if I am thinking, because oh. sometimes I'll just shut up and not say anything if I'm trying to come up with a response. Oh, I like that, because it, it lets the person know what you're doing and also buys you time to think. I like that. Yeah. Mom's a smart lady. I would agree. From that one instance, I, I'm going to say your mom's a smart lady also. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's... With overcoming your fear, Ethan, of talking to people you don't know, Yeah. Um, it wasn't a day one thing, was it? Like it took... Absolutely not. No, no. Yeah, no. it took time. It. I mean, it started... You know, it, it's cliche, but it's true. Every journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm-hmm. I just, I made the conscious effort to talk to somebody that I just, I saw them and I thought, hey, this person seems nice. I'm going to talk to them. Right. And I went up and talked to that person and now he's my best friend well there you go yeah yeah that's what i was one of the point i I tend to ramble a little bit but that's one point i was trying to get to when people don't give themselves enough credit if you just take one step at a time to overcoming a fear it's it's when you look back it's pretty easy because now you might look back and say all right you have this podcast where you interview people that you don't know um and now it might be easier for you it has gotten a lot easier. I mean, I've only had this podcast for less than a year. 
So it's been, I'm a lot better now than I was. I started out with interviewing people that I did know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I still will, but I'm trying to promote myself. And with that, you have to take some risks. And for me, that means reaching out to people that I don't know because I think they have a good perspective on something. Yeah. You kind of have to turn that in introvert switch off a little bit. Right. And it's easier now than it used to be, but it's not quite as easy as I would like it to be, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I understand that 100%. Would you say you're an introvert you weren't allowed to talk to other people, or is that just your personality? Uh, maybe a mix of both. Um, I, I noticed it was easier to turn off that switch when I left the the religion, the cult, um, because I, you grew up thinking, all right, everyone who's not in the religion is a bad person, but you also need to save that person. So, right. um, the religion I grew up in was Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, okay. so they do a lot of door knocking. So I, it's kind of interesting because yeah, I was introverted because because of the religion, but also not because I had to go out and knock on doors and try to bring people into the religion. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty scary going up to a random person's house, knocking on the door, and say, hey, you want to learn about Jesus? Like, that's it's a pretty scary thing also. I mean, I was a Boy Scout. I sold popcorn and trash bags from door to door. You can only imagine how, how I felt, you know, 11, 12 years old, going up to some... And there were, there were a lot of old people in the neighborhood where I grew up, and I was deathly afraid of old people for some reason (laughs) like people in their 70s and 80s i was just like why are these people alive (laughs) they're scary and so i would go up there was always this this one lady i knew exactly where she lived because i walked by her house um every day on my way to the bus stop and i knocked on her door and like, I had just seen her. I hadn't really, like, talked to her at all because I was afraid of her. And I knocked on her door, and she was the sweetest lady I'd ever met outside of my own family. Mm-hmm. And you sold her some popcorn, probably, right? Yeah, I did. Well, there you go. <laughs> you would be surprised what people are willing to do if someone in uniform shows up at their door. Selling popcorn. <laughs> right. I, I was I was in a uniform, I guess a, a a suit, but usually people weren't all that nice to hear. If you don't listen to me, you're going to die at Armageddon. Right. Yeah. I wasn't bringing bags uh, of popcorn. Yeah, I've I have a few friends who um who are members, so I'm, I'm somewhat familiar. Okay. So we you kind of got into that a little bit, but what what made you decide to? S- to say, this is not going to be me anymore. This is not a part of me. Uh, the, the the cult? Well, like, the fear of... Um, kind of more on your... The fear of leaving? Yeah. Uh, what made me say it's not going to be part of me anymore? I guess... I guess it's it's just seeing what else could be out there. And how much I could grow as a person. Um, they they really shine. They really look down on um, 
secular activity, going to school after high school. Um, so I didn't go to college because of that, because I didn't leave the cult till I was 22. Um, so I just, I thought, what what's so wrong about thinking critically? What's so wrong about expanding your mind? Because let's say if I, I could expand my mind and then still be part of it, I could help improve the church. That's what I thought for a little bit. Um, but then when I, I saw the changes they were making and how they covered up pedophilia, because they do a really good job of hiding it to their members, not to society. If you just Google Jehovah's Witnesses, that's going to be one of the first things that pop up. But yeah, so to their own members, they say, don't look us up, only see the information that we give you. Mm-hmm. So I guess just knowing what else could be out there, um, no matter how scary it was, because when I left, like I said, my friends and my family no longer talked to me. But I guess just that, that it's very scary, but just knowing what else is out, having, tasting what else is out there, just experiencing, because mm-hmm. the world has, there's a lot in the world that you can go out and explore. And Oh, yeah. And like, the the funny thing is, for most of my high school career, I, the reason I even got a part-time job when I was a sophomore in high school was so I could go on a trip with my high school Spanish department to Peru. Oh, that sounds cool. In a, to a country I don't know, with a language I can kind of speak, with you know people I only know from class and possibly a few other instances so that for me was a really powerful thing when I finally got to go I got to go uh, summer of 2019 to Peru I had just graduated high school and my ability to put myself forward and even to talk in a language I wasn't 100% confident speaking in, that was also a very big opportunity for growth for me. Mm-hmm. I guess with, with overcoming fear, there is there is growth. Yes. I guess we could say that. And I would argue to an extent that the reason people are afraid of some things is because... Um, they're not they're not um fully aware of what of how they can grow as a person because you know somebody's you know, afraid of flying mm-hmm. that that prevents them from going a lot of different places where they experience different things and different people and different cultures or if somebody's afraid of oh well, yeah being afraid of like spiders and snakes and stuff but some people have those as pets like you said like you mm-hmm. have you've had pet snakes some people have pet tarantulas and they can be like good companions and that some people aren't some people don't see that that is a way for them to grow and uncover something about themselves that they don't quite understand yet yeah yeah i would agree with that um I had a point. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you made a good point, though. But uh, I, I guess maybe sometimes the fear 
there's the evolutionary fear of being afraid of snakes and spiders. It's it's an irrational fear, but it's like based on you know how we grew as a species. So it's it's kind of meant to be there. But sometimes like the fear of flying, like you said, that that's an important one to get over because then you can explore the world and see so much. But maybe the root of some fears is just the fear of change. Maybe you're just afraid to make that growth as a person. Maybe you're not ready for it. I think that's kind of what I was dancing around. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, I was trying to add to your point there. I think that's what my rambling way to get to. Right. I mean, you got you got to fill time being, uh, you know, doing what we do. So yeah. <laughs> so Logan, we are approaching uh, wrap up time. Do you have any uh, encouraging words for the listeners out there who are getting over a fear or have a fear that they're in the middle of trying to get over right now? You know, if if there's a fear you're trying to overcome and you're not quite sure how to do it yet or you're not ready to, just just think about the growth as a person you can achieve by overcoming it. it. And then you can look back and say, oh, man, like if I never did that, like I wouldn't have done A, I wouldn't have done B. Um, and then there's there's small random fears that, that might not be so easy to overcome, like the fear of spontaneous human combustion, which is a fear I have. <laughs> um, but I guess maybe if you just learn the history of why you might be afraid of that, so the evolutionary fear of snakes and spiders, if you kind of break that down, might help you get over it, because I'm not near as scared of spiders as I used to be. I still am afraid, but I used to completely freeze and I couldn't move for like five minutes until the, the spider moved. Now I can gather the courage and ask my girlfriend to get rid of the spider for me um and then with spontaneous human combustion most cases were in the 1800s and there were people who fell asleep smoking that's where that comes from but um and now i'm not so much afraid of that anymore but i still like to say i am because it's it's kind of a quirky thing to say but yeah just just embrace the growth that can come from overcoming a fear you know from my instance in that cult if i never left i have no idea where i'd be but i I am very confident I'm in a better place now than I would be. So, Logan, um, would you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yeah. So I have two podcasts. Uh, one is called Sleep with the Light On, where two horror movie experts, or I guess super fans, not experts, um, show me different horror movies every episode. Uh, and then we kind of talk about them, rate and review them, and see what it's like experiencing a slasher movie at the age of 30 for the first time. And then I have a D&D podcast where I play a gnome barbarian called Roll for Damage, where the four is the number four. Um, all those are available anywhere you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify. Um, and then you can follow me on my personal Twitters if you like, Twitter and Instagram at HeyYoLoganVo. And I also stream on Twitch at HollowEarthLive, twitch.tv.HollowEarthLive. Thank you once again, listeners, for tuning in to True Stories of a Try Hard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. The O's zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. I'll be back with more stories next week. That being said, that is Ethan Hewlin and Logan Vo signing off. <laughs>